to episode 47 of the BobbyCast. This one uh, brought to us by Blue Apron. Thank you to Blue Apron for, first of all, being awesome, and secondly, sponsoring the BobbyCast. I saw where you posted, Mike D, that It. I don't watch scary movies. I don't know anything about It. What's It? I don't know what that is. No, I can't hear you for some reason. Okay. Now I can. Oh, oh, wrong microphone? Yeah. There we go. Okay, so they posted a trailer for the movie called It. Yeah. I don't know It, so explain that to me. It was a book, and they turned it into like a TV miniseries. came out in the 90s, and now they're remaking it like 20 years later. As a big movie. As a big movie, yeah. If you hear a licking noise, it's because dogs licking <laughs> chair as we're doing this. Uh, top five scary movies of all time. Uh, Child's Play. Wow. It, yeah. <laughs> That's it, one they could probably remake too now. They've kind of remade a, one that was... I mean, they got really cheesy there for a minute. So they remade them kind of, I guess, a little more scary like the old ones. But they're still They made cool. a new Child's Play with Chucky the Doll? Yeah. They did? Yeah. They've like never stopped making them. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, number five, Child's Play. Go ahead, number four. Uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Once when I was dating... A girlfriend, I think it was Megan. So, to, obviously not Lindsay, mm-hmm. and not Kara, but the one before her. I've only had a few in my life, so I've. She was huge into horror movies, and I, I didn't. I hated them. But she, and when we first started dating, and it's when you'll do anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I'd, I'll go watch that with you, no problem. And I went, I hated it. I saw the new one too. It wasn't even like the, I don't. <laughs> I I remember gra- like squeezing her. Doing the things that girls do to guys, like in the old movies, to jump up on them. You know, the the part of the uh, you know, the stereotype of how you, the guy takes a girl to a scary movie so they would get all close to them. Yeah, I remember doing that to her, being like, oh, I, was, "I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like." They give me nightmares though. Still, like I, I tried to read Twilight, got nightmares. Can't do it. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even read Twilight without having nightmares from horror movies. Uh, what do you got? Number three, three, Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Solid. Are, have they remade any of those, or are they just quit They them remade them, and it wasn't very good. With a new? With a new Freddy Krueger, and it was just, it didn't do so well. What was the number one in, your, in yours? Uh, Halloween. So none of the new stuff, no Saws. I mean, I like, like, the Conjuring, Saw, and, like, the Paranormal Activity movies, but, like, my go-tos are still, like, the older ones. People on Facebook Live are saying that they love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one. And those are the old school where it was just someone coming with a weapon and just chopping. Yeah. New school now. Like It's all about jump scares now. I don't know what that is. Okay, we're getting into your, okay. your range here. What's a jump scare? The jump scares is it's just something creepy that happens and it gets you in the theaters. And it's not so much like somebody dying or like murder scene. It's just like... For the shocking effect of you being freaked out. Like in those paranormal activity movies where like all this stuff flies off the wall and it's crazy. That's like a jump scare. See, I would have went that horror movies now are more technological. Because, and, and again, I guess that's old school versus new school. When I watch Black Mirror, yeah, that's a horror movie to me. Yeah. Because that's what's happening terrible, like affecting our lives in a terrible way through technology. Mm-hmm. But those aren't considered horror to you because why? No blood, no no axe. Yeah, it's more suspense to me. Like even that movie Get Out that came out was supposed to be kind of like a horror movie. Oh, it's not a scary movie. But it's not really. But people call it a horror movie. What about? Because again, I've probably seen less than five scary movies in my life. 
What about 28, 28, 20 days, later? 28 days later? Because I think zombies are fascinating. Yeah. Not because they go and eat people, but because it's a disease. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Walking Dead. Like, it's a disease, and the earth is being rid because everybody's getting sick because of something. It's like that Will Smith movie. Uh, I Am Legend. Right. Like, everybody's taking this drug, and they yeah. realize, oh, crap, we shouldn't take this drug because it's polluting our body. And everyone turns into whatever it turns and, and I think that could really happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's probably how the world's going to end is some chemical that we're – and it's, it could be sugar. Like, it, I mean, it, it could, could be something be, yeah. like that. So those, those to me are really scary because this could really happen. Like, I don't think – Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. what's he from? Uh, Friday the 13th. That's not going to happen. You know, that's not going to make me think this yeah. could really happen. The Black Mirror stuff. That could happen. The zombie <laughs> stuff. Like, the, the Walking Dead stuff. I feel like that could happen. And, yeah, that to me is the – but I guess that's not a horror movie. But 28 weeks later, days later and weeks later. Yeah. I thought those were really good. Those are good. The thing – I went to watch the first one 28 days later, and I didn't know they were going to have British accents. And I was like, what? I didn't – I'm okay with it now after watching The Office. And I'll watch some British stuff on Netflix now. But – um yeah, the, I'm okay. But then I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to sit through this. I didn't know it was going to be all oh, people talking in English accents. Mm-hmm. Did you see those? Yeah. You like them or not? I did like them, yeah. Those were good. I watched, speaking of Netflix, I watched the Dave Chappelle. Have you watched them? I started this, the first one, yeah. So you're not done with it? Uh-uh. And people were talking bad about it, going, oh, it's not epic, and it's not. I watched, I was entertained. And for me, it's hard to watch a full stand-up special online because you're not in a theater. Mm-hmm. Or you're not in an arena where you're experiencing other people laughing. You're basically watching someone stand up there and talk and be funny to you, which is different than actually being in the setting. Like it's, I thought it was really great. I just I think the expectations were set too high because he was gone for so long, mm-hmm. and they thought he was going to come back with some super social agenda. I think a lot of people just wanted him to speak out against things that they wanted him to speak out on and he didn't speak against things that they wanted him to speak against. They were like, oh, it's not as good. Like, I think you were going to see a lot of people that were super liberal want him to come out and just rip Trump. Oh, okay. That's what I think. Maybe. And he didn't because he was, it just wasn't his thing. <laughs> and they were like, oh, it just wasn't as epic. He, his social commentary just wasn't as good. Let's be for real what you think. You, you're just upset that he didn't go out and rip after Donald Trump. That's what I think it's about. Yeah. It's funny though. <laughs> I thought it was funny too. You and also it's different now with with comedians and these specials. Like back in the day, you would do one every year and a half, two years, and you'd be a huge comedian. You get an HBO special, like back in our day, mm-hmm. and it'd be a thing. Now you can get them every five, six months and put them on Netflix. But what happens is, or you put them wherever. You know, a lot of people put their specials all over the place. But what happens is, is that you go around and you do your act and you make it as good as possible and you carve out things and you're constantly tweaking it. But if you're only fixing it for five or six months and you put it out, that's different than getting to work on it for a full year and keeping the best stuff and and putting it out. Like imagine you go a whole year working on something versus four months. And I I think one, because of the amount of them that we see, everybody's putting them out, Mm -hmm. waters them down a bit. And two, people aren't putting as much time into them as they used to. You think it also has to do with like they're worried about stuff getting out because people like taping at shows or just like eventually stuff where people they have such there's a and I think Dave Chappelle's one of the people that started the company no maybe it was Louis C.K. 
Oh, and they take your phone? They take your oh, phone. They, they did it at the Chris Rock show. And they there. put it into a thing and they lock it up and you get the key or whatever the thing is. But mm-hmm. they, one of those comedians actually started that for that. And I think a lot of comedians hate when phone, phones come out because they don't want their material to be recorded and put on the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't want any of my jokes to put on the internet. Like when I do stand-up because we're going to do a special. But that doesn't make me as crazy because I just know we're in a phone culture. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference too. If – when musical artists get mad at people recording their stuff, I'm like, man, you guys got to give it up because there's no secrets here. You can go to a concert and watch a song get played 10 times in 10 nights and love it every single time. <laughs> you can't hear a joke two to three times and it'd be funny because you already know what's coming and the power of a joke is the un- unexpected. that The punchline that you don't know is coming. And so when someone records it and puts it on the internet and you're planning to sell it and monetize that in some way through a special, through uh, an album, through whatever, it is different. But when I do shows, I don't have no phone policies because you know I'm doing a full stand-up tour right now. For me, phones aren't annoying because they can record me. Phones are annoying because it's a dark theater and it lights up the room. Yeah. It's annoying in the same way that in a movie theater it's annoying to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever really say anything about it when I'm on stage because I don't care for me. But I do care for the people that bought tickets and are just trying to watch the show. Because listen, I go out. I'm no Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle or Louis C.K. I go out. I'm pretty funny. I got some pretty good stories. And it's going to be entertaining because I do a lot of stuff too. I do stand up, but I, there's also other stuff. I don't want to run what I do on stage. Uh, but I want people to enjoy that. And I know that when someone pulls out a phone and lights up the room, it's the same thing as if you're watching a movie and someone four people down pull out, pulls out a phone and lights it. They're not trying to record the movie. They're texting their friend, but it's still annoying. Yeah. And so I don't ever say anything about it, but I always feel bad. And I always feel bad too when people yell. At, like me, if I'm doing it, and I don't care because for me, I don't. People never get mad and yell; they get drunk and yell. Mm-hmm. I don't get heckled by angry. I actually get heckled by the people that love the show. The it's not even heckled. It's like it's like people are <laughs> participating. And if it were just that, it would be awesome. I just feel bad for people that buy tickets to come, and somebody's really drunk next to them, yeah. and they're yelling at me because I actually like talking to the person because that for me is fun. But then once the per. Once you talk to someone, they feel like they can talk to you all show. Yeah. And that's why at my shows, I won't even do it to the very end. Like I'll completely – if the audience, if somebody yells out something, I don't even acknowledge it until at the end. Sometimes at the end, I'll turn the lights on and just talk to the crowd. And like who wants to talk? Let's, let's talk about stuff because I know you have questions. Let's get it off our chest. Um, but that's when the lights come on. And in my stand-up shows, I'll do that. I'll turn the lights on and, and we'll see what happens. And there's been some awkward exchanges. But you know, with the, those comedians, and, and to your point, it's you know, about recording. Yeah. For me, it's not about the phones and the recording of it. It's more of – I mean I don't want it out there, but you can't control that. I just want someone to have a lesser experience because there's a light in a theater. And there's also a difference in a theater and a, a club, You know, like a, if you're playing music. Let's say you're at Nora Jones, mm-hmm. okay, or you're at – pick a – Sarah McLaughlin. Okay. <laughs> and she's playing piano and you're all seated in the dark. You in a theater. You probably don't pull your phone out there. Yeah. Because it's dark. It's a very that that setting is supposed to be that. If they're playing the same thing and it's an amphitheater and there are lights everywhere and it's outside, pull your phone out. I just I think it's all about the environment. But I don't care to pull your phone out. Like you could take pictures all you want. I just feel bad for people that are next to people. Taking pictures, mm-hmm. and then I don't talk to people in the crowd till the very end. Because once you start that, holy crap! You've seen it before. <laughs> <I have. laughs> and once you like, 
because I just like the people and I want to talk to them. But once I start, then everybody wants to jump in. So I'm always like, hold up. At the end of the show, everybody wants to talk and talk. And then if you ever come to one of my stand-up shows, most nights, if I'm not over, because there are times I have to be off stage by X amount of time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not off stage, they get charged. Uh, I'll get charged. Mm-hmm. Because they're, mostly theaters are run by unions. Yeah. And so, like, you're going to go into overtime, so i got to get off stage. Sometimes i got to get out of the building by a certain time because <laughs> if I'm in the building, people have to be there to watch. And so I usually get, you know, we'll stay as long as I can, and I'll try to put 10 minutes or so at the end of a set and just go. Like in North Dakota, um, I just flipped all the lights on, and that was a big theater, and I was like, all right, who's got questions? And then, boom, hands come up, and, it, you know, then we talk. So if you come to a show, and it... That's the thing. And I don't care if you record it. I wish you could record it in the complete dark. Like, I, I'm still surprised they haven't invented something that doesn't cover the front of your phone and you can, like, look into it like one of those submarine eyeballs. Yeah. But you know how those things back in old movies, maybe they still do, I don't know, but submarine, you would look through that thing and it would, like, go out on top and you would see the, the, the above the water. Yeah. I'm surprised with the phone they haven't invented something. I mean, even, like, a privacy screen. That's that, what I'm like, talking about. Or, like, or it's, like, the whole... Remember the projectors you would take and you would take your finger and you push it and go doo-doo, the little white round circle thing would go to a new picture? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember those? I don't know what they were called. Uh, they, were, uh, but they had a little thing that spin, yeah. You, I'm surprised they haven't invented something with a little eye on it that you can look at your whole screen through that without lighting up the room. Because that's something that would be useful because you could go into a movie and want to check your phone. What's it called? Viewmaster. A Viewmaster. Really? Am I crazy to think that that's not something that we would use? I mean, yeah. Don't we want to go into <laughs> movies and into places where we're not supposed to have our phones out or, or light up a room and look? Because I want to look at my phone during the entire movie, but I don't. I respect for people around. I don't touch my phone. And so, man, if we, I'm surprised that hasn't been invented yet. And not, I'm not going to do that on Lunchbox and be like, oh. I mean, the only alternative I found is like on the iWatch, you get like notifications on your how, head. How much is that? Yeah, but that's what you have to buy. Yeah, how true, much though. is your iWatch? Oh, I, get, I don't know. You, do you know how much I watch? I gave it to you, right? Yeah. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> who gave me that watch? I know who gave it to me. Um, ABC gave it to me whenever they picked up the show I was doing with Deion Sanders. And so I was doing that talk show. Yeah. This is a year. I wrote about it in my book. And so they picked up the show. We shot the pilot, and they sent it to me because the pilot was fantastic. We ended up not being able to do the show. And they sent me the iWatch before they decided we weren't doing the show. Because after you end up not doing a show, nobody ever calls you anymore. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Um, there's that. Um, what, what are we talking about? Stand up? Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're going to add more dates to our um, my stand up tour. And every show is, has been sold out. The only one that isn't sold out right now is in Northampton, which is slightly north of Boston. And that's in like a week and a half. And there are like 30 or 40 seats. But I, everyone is surprised at how well, myself too, at how well it's selling. And I'm, saying, I'm not trying to say this in a braggy way because we didn't know if 50 people would come or 100 people or 1,000 people. Like we had no idea. And so, and I'm actually getting pretty good now. It, it was, I would only, it, it's definitely, you just have to practice. I'm definitely not going to be one of the best comedians ever because that's just not my skill I don't, I don't get to go practice it enough, but it's actually, I'm proud of it, which is weird for me to say. And so we're going to extend the stand-up tour, and we're going to do a bunch more cities. Um, and Walker Hayes, who's been on before, he's 
but these here's how tours work too. Like artists line up an opening act months ahead of time. Like with Walker, I had him lined up four months before we ever even announced the tour because you start to plan out your year. And so Walker's actually going to open for Thomas Rhett. Did you know that? Yeah. So now we're looking for someone and that's we already kinda have somebody. So but Walker's off of it after Wichita. I think those were his last two shows. And then but I think I really think Walker's gonna blow up. Which is gonna be crazy. I mean, listen to the the Bobby Castle Walker Hayes. It's really good. And like the guy's been dropped and it's it's a crazy story of just like he's got six kids and he's like been riding in town and he's kinda of bitter because not at the failure, but at the people who once he went from cool to not cool, we're like, eh, I'm not your friend anymore. Yeah. Then he kind of went to cool again because he got another deal. I'm like, oh, I'm your friend again. Then we lost the deal. He's like, oh, I'm not your friend anymore. And he's like, man, this sucks. Like, you really see who your friends are because they only, you know, all the. But now he's kind of getting cool again. And he's getting a lot more friends again. <laughs> I say friends with, with parentheses. And so it's, it's a really interesting. I, that dude's really good. That is really good. Um, I got to do it. Let me do a commercial here. Uh, let me talk for a second about. Uh, Blue Apron, which, by the way, I will say I do have Blue Apron at the house, and it comes in a box right to your front door. You can actually pick your delivery options. And the thing about Blue Apron is it's I – mean, I don't even need to look at this page anymore because I use it. But the thing about Blue Apron is is that it's a bunch of ingredients, and you pick your meal, and it comes right to you. And you can make these home-cooked meals in like you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, and you can pick all these different kinds of meals. And, I mean, it can be a thing where you and – the husband or you and the wife or boyfriend are going to make meals together. Or if you're not that good a cook, you can actually surprise your girl and make meals. Or um, Just go to blueapron.com slash bobbycast and you'll get your first three meals for free and free shipping. I think that's still the deal right now, but it really is a fantastic thing. So blueapron.com slash bobbycast. And a lot of things that you don't think you can cook and a lot of things that I see on their website when I go to blueapron.com. And I'm like, I'll never be able to cook that. But then what happens is, it comes and there's a card that actually tells you how to do everything and it teaches you step by step and all the ingredients are pre-portioned so it's not like you have to measure. I don't even own a measuring cup. Do I, do I own a measuring anything? Maybe like a spoon? Maybe a spoon? Uh, yeah, if it wasn't for Blue Apron, I don't know what I would do. But so uh, blueapron.com slash bobbycast and then the first three there. Let's talk about scary movies. Um, I don't have any except for the zombie ones. We talked about, I like the Dave Chappelle special. Mm-hmm. He's got two of them. I thought they were giving him a hard time on it because I think Dave Chappelle built up his epicness over a lot of time and they expect him to come back and punch it and just be super epic again in one special. Like you got to realize he did a lot of things that made him Dave Chappelle. It was, he didn't just come on and do an hour and it's like, whoa, he's the greatest. It really, think about it like that. Like all of a sudden, because of your body of work, your 60 minutes is supposed to be as good as the body of work that you created over the 20 years prior. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. He went out and knew, I'm going to go watch one of Chris. I'm such a stand-up comedy fan. And, and oddly, so are you. It's weird because you never spoke to anybody about any. It, it's weird to watch you actually like have opinions and talk to people now. <laughs> Why? I, well, how long have we known each other? Like seven, eight years or so? We'll say eight years. And so you were the quietest shyest person probably that was that was around because mm-hmm. you were just an intern for the show and you said nothing Not ever to anybody <laughs> but you always showed up and you always worked hard and so I felt like I, and I liked that about you but there was never really 
a personal friendship because you didn't allow, you just didn't, you didn't let me, I didn't talk to anybody. And I always felt like we were very similar, but I didn't know anything about you really, except for how kind of how you grew up. We grew up pretty similar, mm-hmm. you know, neither one of us had very much. And so it was like, we kind of look out for each other. And so, but then all of a sudden you started getting all hunky, losing all this weight. <laughs> And now, Mr. Funny Man over there, I was telling Lindsay, I was like, I was like, Mike is, has like things to say. Like he has opinions. He's funny. <laughs> like who knew? Like he never, for the first five years I knew him, he never said a word to me. I just kept him around because I thought he was a nice guy and all of a sudden lose weight, got a couple abs and now he's like, look at me, look how funny I am. I do have two abs. Two. Those are strong too though. <laughs> But do you feel like you're coming out of your shell more? Like, do you do you feel like you're becoming more of a full person? I definitely have felt it over like the past month, really. That it's, the past month. What What do you think about life now brings out your ability to share yourself? I think it's really like having confidence in my body now. Like, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be there. Like, Do you feel like people aren't looking at you and making assumptions? And yeah. so you, you're already past that barrier? Yeah, I feel like I've taken that barrier down. So now I can kind of put myself out there in a way to like, hey, this is me now. And it all just kind of fits together. And I'm just more confident. It's I, Again, about, I guess three or four months ago was the first time I ever went to you and said, hey, why don't you start like thinking of segments for the show? Like, you're actually funny. Like, who knew? I know I know you're a nice guy. Yeah. I knew you showed up on time and you worked hard, but I never knew you're funny. And then I think we have a lot of the same tastes in comedy. Not music. Your music taste sucks. <laughs> it might be the worst music taste of anybody I know. It's, it is. You really have awful music taste. <laughs> I mean, it's the worst. I mean, so um, it, whenever you, we put out that picture out of the whole show, there were five dudes in Granger Smith's band, and they're all ripped. Super, like, How do you like, find five dudes that look like that? Period. Regardless, put them in the same band. Like, those guys were chiseled in this picture. It's great. And Granger, by the way, who knew that that dude was ripped like that? It was like a Ken doll. All of those dudes. Are, right. And so our guys, Mike D, Lunchbox, Ray, Matt Overton, who plays for the Colts, who's been hanging out interning, and Eddie are all standing there shirtless. And obviously, you guys don't look the same as they do. Not even close. <laughs> but of them, physically, you looked best. That's weird. <laughs> I mean, 125 pounds later that you lost. And I know for you it was tough because you have stretch marks on your stomach, which yeah. I didn't even notice until you said something about it. And you were like, you know, it's, it's kind of a... But dude, I mean, that, it's all embrace that, man. Are you going to do anything about that? Or is it just like, I'm just, I'm leaving them? I mean, I'm, I haven't looked into it really. I mean, it'll bother me that much. And I've, no, I've just noticed it more as kind of like my stomach has tightened up and I've kind of gotten abs now that those have kind of just stayed there well so they they won't go away i don't think so because it's kind of like a like loose skin on my stomach a little bit that it's just kind of still stay there stretch marks well dude whatever you do who cares like i i, I judge people all the way i got my teeth fixed these teeth aren't real so you can do whatever you want to yourself like once i was like because i was really self-conscious about my teeth like i never went to the dentist couldn't afford to go to the dentist growing up just you know, you have to worry about eating before you worry about going to the dentist. That's a luxury item whenever you grow up poor. Mm. And so I never went to the dentist. And when I finally was able to make enough money to get my teeth fixed, I got them. I didn't just get the cavities filled. Like I got, I have like four on top and like a few on the bottom that they're just not real teeth. They're fake teeth. 
And so for me, it was a, it made me a lot more confident and it helped me get over some physical things that I didn't have to worry about. And I could focus on the other, I could focus on part B instead of worrying about smiling the right way all the time. Yeah. And so if you wanted to have something done, do it. If you don't, who cares? Like just love yourself, man. Justin Bieber is my hero. That's what he said, (laughs) except not really in the same, the same way. Um, so there's that we're watching. We got a lot of people watching, um, on Facebook live too. If you want to watch this, I mean, it's just, I've been showing people what it looks like here. So there's Mike D that's across from me. If you're watching it here, here I am. Lots of people watching here. Um, I have, there was an article and I'll talk about this for a second because I think it's pretty cool and people aren't going to be able to hear this on, on Facebook live, but my girlfriend, she did this album that no one's heard yet. This, she did it. And the whole story was her and Christian Bush. He was like, Hey, I'm not going to produce your album until you go make an album of your favorite album of all time. And you do all the instruments to it. And then you just come back in a couple weeks and let me hear it. So she went and she did John Mayer continuum, which is, Oddly, my favorite album too, like full album front to back. And so she did all the instruments from the pianos to the drums to the all the guitars to the bass, all this. And she makes the whole thing. And she put one of them on her EP that she just released. And again, I don't think a lot of people know the difference in EP and LP because I don't. I sometimes have to check and be like, which one's EP? <laughs> and I work in the freaking business. And so I would, and I would tell Lindsay, I was like, don't call it an EP because I work in the music business. And even I'm like, which one's EP again? So just call it new music. So she puts out new music, and it's not a full record. It's only digital. You can't buy it at Walmart or anything. And so it's uh, six songs, mm-hmm. and one of them was from that John Mayer record that she never intended to go to be put out, and it was Stop This Train, and it wasn't a John Mayer single. And so, so if you hear it, you won't even know it's really a song because it wasn't a big song or anything. But this is uh, Stop This Train. She did the whole record, but this, you can, if you want to download it, you can't. The thing is, when you put a cover up, just so you know, you don't make any money off of it. Did you know that? Yeah. Like, you're just putting up somebody else's material so people will listen to you and then hopefully buy your other stuff. So she doesn't make any money from this. So that's a John Mayer song. But I want to play for you and she's going to kill me. I know she's going to kill me, but I have it all. But she did the whole record, so here's Gravity. And she did this with all of the same Gravity. Hold on, let me play it from the beginning. That's an organ. I tell her, like, you should just put the, put the whole record out digitally. <laughs> you make no money, but it's not even about money to her. Because she didn't make any yet. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. It's good. So hopefully one day she'll put this, this whole thing out and just everybody can consume it for free and... She, like again, why charge for it? You ain't gonna make anything off of it. Gravity is working against me. That's cool. Gravity wants to bring me down. Do you know that song, Mike? I do. Oh, yeah. I'll never know. You don't know many songs I know. I couldn't believe you didn't know Tonic, dude. I did not. I, I, people gave me a lot about not knowing that song. Oh, did they? Yeah. That was on this? Yeah. Sometimes I forget what we talk about. It was here, yeah. That wasn't just me making fun of you in like no. personal life? That was on here. Oh. 
the good thing about this week being over is that because my girlfriend put a record out and, and she said that this uh, two of the songs I, I don't know what she's saying or were inspired by me mm-hmm. right so I told the show okay you have two days and you want to bring it up it's fine two days then these DJs in Canada start e- emailing clips to Amy and Amy starts putting them on and I've only ever I've only played one song one time which was I think worth the wait mm-hmm. I played it but I haven't like been playing her music or anything because she's got to like have her own thing she's got to make her own career and I don't want people penalizing her which I already worried about I think I've said this on the air too one of the reasons that we didn't date was because I was like I can't have satellite radio or Spotify or iTunes or Cumulus or these other companies like punish you because that's what you do you're an artist and you shouldn't be punished because of me that's all we didn't date that's why she had all these waiting songs because she's waiting on me to <laughs> to like because I just didn't want to penalize her career in any way and so I have no idea what the radio song is going to be. And people are always like, hey, what, what are you going to do? Oh, we don't talk about that. I am 100% completely checked out of her radio like career. Because I, if it fails, I want nothing to do with it. If it succeeds, I want nothing to do with it. Like it's just her. And I was even like, you shouldn't tell people the songs are about me. At least this, like this one here, Waiting on You. You shouldn't tell people this is about me. Because they may punish you for it. What's not to like about this new love thing? Whatever. I tell you one thing about her, you don't tell her what to do. You. I went to yoga. I kicked her on the head at yoga, by the way, about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> First time I ever kicked anybody in the head. First time I ever hit anybody. They pack you in this room. I go to this place in Nashville. The, the one right on Music Row, which is where all of the... It's called Shakti Yoga. And it's where all the um, recording studios and hippies and yeah. it's like a weird mix of <laughs> industry people, hippies, and college kids. <laughs> so you get in this room and they pack you in. And like if you reach out, you hit somebody. So you do a lot of things where you're touching the other person. Like you're like, put your hand on their back. And I'm like, this is so disgusting oh, to me. no. Like we did this thing today where you had to reach out with both arms and put your hand on the back of the, both the people and push up. And it's so disgusting because you're putting your hand on somebody's sweaty back. Oh, it's this guy. It, it's not my back. <laughs> it, I don't. There are no guys in these classes. Out of thirty people, there maybe are three guys, right? So I don't. It's not like I'm grabbing, you know, Harry's moly back yeah. and pushing down. But we were in this class, and I reached, and your pack so tight, I kicked a girl right in the head in front of me. <laughs> I turned over, and my foot went boom. Hit her, and I was like, <laughs> and everybody's like quiet, and you're like in your. Um, I don't ever get in that zone of like I'm just trying to find peace. I'm just trying to work out. Yeah. And I'm sweating and I'm, you do, you have you done yoga at all? Never done yoga. Dude, you would love it because this is so different. I'm not flexible at all, but it's tough. Like the sweaty yoga is tough. And so uh, I kicked her right in the head and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And like the whole room heard it. <laughs> and Lindsay was right next to me. I didn't even know she was going. I guess my point was she showed up because she was like, ah, I was going to do yoga and she didn't know I was coming either. And we ended up at the same place that um, we were doing, but she's been working out twice a day for three months. She goes at five in the morning or six in the morning, whenever it is, and then she goes back in the afternoon because she can't go back to sleep. And I, if she stays over here, I wake her up because I don't. I tell me if I'm wrong in it. Oh, we got into a little debate last night. Okay. I feel like it's my house, and I got a, a job so I can pay the bills at my house, and I got to feed the dog. So I need to do in the morning what makes me the most comfortable, getting ready for the show. And that's wake up, turn the lights on, turn the news on, woo, wake up, here we go. 
Well, that's not the best environment for her, obviously, if she stays over because she's still asleep. Sure. And she can't go back to sleep. Now, I could do option B, which is wake up, crawl out of bed, keep the TV off, go downstairs, turn the TV on, completely out of my comfort zone. But I choose option A because yeah. I'm very selfish. <laughs> and so she's cool with that. You know, we know the rules. Uh, she has rules for me. I have rules for her. And she's cool with that. And she, she can't go back to sleep. So she just goes and works out. She's like, I might as well get the day started if I'm going to get up. And last night she stayed over. And she goes to sleep in like 10 seconds. Her and Lunchbox are remarkably similar because those two have the ability to just go, you know what? I think I'm going to go to <laughs> They just decide they want to go to sleep and they go to sleep. It takes me at least an hour and I got to be super focused at removing myself from any sort of consciousness. Like, it's almost like I have to meditate with the TV on and just focus on taking. And I told her, I was like, I just don't, oh, I just shouldn't say stuff like this. Hmm. But I always feel like being honest is the best policy. I was like, I just don't sleep as good when you're here. Ugh. I know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dick. That's a dick thing to say. But it was, it was true. Here's the thing about telling the truth. If you tell the truth, you never have to remember. Yeah. And she sleeps better. And I told her, I said, you sleep better with me. I sleep worse with you. Oh, man. <laughs> but there are, pot, like I said, I'm no treat to date. I'm, I'm no treat to be around. But there are positives to being my girlfriend. One is. Uh-oh. Well, what a positive. <laughs> I'm supportive. I, again, I wouldn't date me. I think about that. If I were a girl, I would not, I'd have nothing to do with me. Why would, why would someone want to date me? I mean, you are extremely supportive. I feel like I'm supportive. Like, yeah, I, I'm supportive in the way of like, she's a creative person. Mm-hmm. And my constant thing to her is, and this is for anybody that's anything creative, is that there's no such thing as right and wrong. Because anything that you're creating and that you're putting out could go a hundred different directions. So there's nothing, there's no right decision or wrong decision in any part of a creative process. What happens to it after you're done with it? Uh, for example, we can talk about Sam Hunt. If Sam Hunt would have put out the song, because Shane McAnally was done, you should listen to that Bobby Cast if you haven't. And they talked about writing Take Your Time before Leave the Night On. And so what if they release that song first? I don't think Sam becomes as big a star because it was so out of left field. Mm-hmm. And... They didn't. You know, they made the decision to put uh, that, that other song. But what if they would have put the other song out first? And what if it, he would have been nothing? Cre- but they made that decision. And that wasn't a right or wrong decision about him. The, I don't know, man. That's all I tell her. There's no, I, it also gets me out of answering questions, too. I'm like, there's no right or wrong. <laughs> pick, your, pick your choice. You know, Netflix is going to do that with those some shows. that can do pick your own ending books. Yeah. Where, like move, like shows where you can pick what the person does yeah. and then you go so you have to shoot like 100 scenes and it, you get to pick what happens at the end of it yeah I, I'm supportive man I'm really not good I'm trying to think of like and I have food mm-hmm. like she gets like I provide meals healthy meals too yeah I'm really struggling here to find out <laughs> why I'm like a person that's fun to be with because I'm really not that fun um, I think that's it are we good oh I should talk about the ACMs uh, because I'm going to be on the ACMs on Sunday night, depending on when you hear this. And it's one of those things where I really shouldn't be on the ACMs. Like, I'm the only radio person probably in years to ever be on the ACMs. And it, 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 
I'm not one of the cool kids. And I say, I, our show is not one of the cool kid shows. We're not cool. And that's a very prestigious, cool person type thing. Like they have Miss America on there. They have Jake Owen. They have these, like, it's just crazy that I get to go on and present. And the only reason I get to do it is because of our audience and the people that listen to the show, people that listen to this. Like, that's it. Like, our audience made such an impact on the format and on who watches what that they were like, man, I guess we'll, I guess we'll put them on. <laughs> I'm very thankful because someone made the decision, yes. And I don't know who that was. And I really wasn't expecting it. Because, again, they don't put radio people on stuff like that. I mean, they don't. I'm trying to think of the... I can't think of anybody. And so for me to get to go on there, like, it's it's cool. I get to do a lot of TV stuff, but not the prestigious network award shows. And so that is just... that's It's all because of the people that listen to the radio show and that listen to this and that just take part in our little culture of... Not being the cool kids because we're not the cool kids. We've never been the cool kids. And somebody who's not a cool kid gets to go be a cool kid. And that's what I feel like getting to do this. It's like the the, the, the kid who gets grows from 11th, 12th grade and he gets to be the prom king in 12th grade. All of a sudden, he, he you know, he, he matures. Into, but but I, he, the weird thing for me is I'll be not be the cool kid as soon as it's over again. <laughs> but I'm just really... um thankful and surprised i was surprised really that they asked me to do it and i don't know who it was that made the final decision but um i'll try i should find out and thank them so i thought that was pretty cool i'm excited about that the, yeah. the last time i did a i wore an award show because i've done probably i've probably done like 10 award shows they're all they've all been cable mm-hmm. i wish i had audio of the jason aldean thing where i was a complete idiot where i started <laughs> screaming at him because i'm probably 50 50 on either doing an excellent job or just being a total dweeb. And so I'm aiming for not dweeb. And they were asking me what clothes I wanted to wear. And I don't want to be obnoxious. Like, I'm just kind of thankful to be on there. So I just want to look nice and not stupid. I had to make that decision today. Like, do I go out there and be attention-seeking and, like, do I do something stupid? Meat or, dress. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, uh, or the see-through yeah. or the Ezekiel, uh, you know, the Zeke Elliott, the, the midriff. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? Nope, because I owe it to our listeners to just represent them and let's just be cool together and actually sit at the cool kids' table for a night. And then, you know, the next day we'll get kicked in the balls again by somebody <laughs> or some artist will hate us. But, uh, yeah, that would be cool. So I hope you get to check that out. Um, all right. I think that's it. How long have we been on this thing? Uh, almost 40 minutes. Yeah? Anything you want to say? I'm good, man. Still thinking of good reasons to date you. I mean, I'm just not fun to be around. I'm not a drag. I think why, because I'm really thinking about this. I think why I think we hit it off a lot is we both work a lot. Mm -hmm. And so we can actually sit beside each other and be on our computers for two hours and just work. And And we're both cool with that. And I think it's a weird... And she's also not a gossipy type person in a town where it's all... It's clicky and gossipy and people are your friends. It's like high school. Like Nashville's like high school mm-hmm. with artists and labels and 
it's because it's not a huge city. It's a middle-sized city, but even in that city, it all happens on like ten streets, like all the record labels and and so everybody knows everybody and everybody's always talking crap about people. And if I talk crap about you, it's out loud on a microphone, <laughs> and then I don't even mean it. Most of the time, I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, she's just not a gossipy person, and so many so many people are just like, oh, my best friend, and then they're like, oh, he's his album sucks. I'm like, what'd you say to his face? Like, don't tell me. I don't, what do you want me to do about it? Because some of the artists that you think like each other, they trash the crap out of each other. Behind, and it's so weird. It's an awkward place for me because sometimes I like both of them. And they're ripping on each other, like behind each other's back. And I'm like, man, if you guys would do this publicly on Twitter, so many people would care. <laughs> we would all watch that. I would love to see a Twitter fight between artist A and artist B because some of the artists Ooh. like that you think are friends, they aren't. I haven't seen a good Twitter fight in a while. But me either. Those used to be awesome, right? That's like, like what I was on Twitter. On Snapchat, today I saw Nikki, no, no Black China, mm-hmm. who I just had to get the whole lesson from Lunchbox, who that yeah. was, go after Tyga for not paying child support. Right? And Nicki Minaj was in a video today. I'm trying to get my hip-hop news straight. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj was in, who's the guy who went to jail? Had tattoos on his face. Gucci Man. Uh, yes, yeah. Nicki Minaj in a Gucci Man on a unicorn. Yeah. Okay. Those are the kids. Okay. So it was a Snapchat. She was calling about on Snapchat for not paying child support. Uh, Black China was. Tyga. And she kept posting all these snaps like, you pay child support and you got, <laughs> you got side chicks. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I used to get in Twitter fights. Those used to be fun, man. <laughs> now people are like, too many. People get disappointed in me. I, I remember when I was ripping on um, the refs of the North Carolina-Arkansas game. People were like, I'm just so disappointed in you. I thought you had a lot more class than this. I don't. <laughs> I don't claim to. I don't cl- I'm no better than anybody else. But then it sucks when people start to hold you to a high standard. You let, I don't want to let anybody down ever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, man, now I guess i got to be a better person. I'm trapping myself into having to be a good person. <laughs> I'm not I'm nothing. I'm just a dude. <laughs> All right. I'm done. No, what? But we're, al- we're almost at episode fifty, huh? Pretty close. Yeah. Are you out there with the stars? All alone? Oh, that's called space. The song was not about me, by the way. In case you're wondering. Oh, okay. That one was not about me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I would encourage you to um, check out some other Bobby Cast. This is the first one. Like what we do is we sit here with a lot of writers and artists and just talk about music. And I love music, and I love the the people that sing it and perform it, and I love people that write it that you don't even know their names. And so the Shane McAnally came and did a great one because he wrote a lot of the Chesney stuff and wrote a lot of the. Sam stuff and wrote a lot of the uh, Natalie Hemby was a great one like she wrote the Miranda stuff you know with Miranda there's some really good stories if you love country music and you love the behind the scenes of the music so we're gonna go uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight again thank you guys for listening and I just know that I know that I would never be on anything like the ACMs if it wasn't for you guys and like I know that and I'm not crazy enough to think that, that that's not the case so I appreciate you guys and uh, that's it hopefully I'll come out to your town soon and uh, you can come to a stand-up show or something. We can hang out and meet. We went to North Dakota. Holy cow, it was cold. They were the nicest people ever. Yeah. It was so cold. It was. And it was, like, they were so nice. I wasn't even mad when they were, like, trying to get in my hotel room. 
Because <laughs> I would be... It, it was one in the morning and they were trying to get in my room. And I was... Also, I think people have this unrealistic unre- expectation of like the lifestyle that I live. Because <laughs> you could see my full hotel room. It was, it was a dump. <laughs> I'm trying to save money. I to, I'm not saying it's the Four Seasons. You couldn't even find a thermostat. Yeah, we couldn't find a thermostat. <laughs> That's right. That's how terrible this room was. I called Mike because Mike came out of the road. And I was like, Mike D, come out to my room because I'm cold and I can't find a thermostat. And I've, went, I've t- taken my hand and ran every wall in this room and I cannot find a thermostat. And we went down to the heater too and we pulled the, le- the, the, the cover off and it said thermostat on wall, not down here. It's like a drawing of a thermostat. And so we're like, what? We went through the whole room and there wasn't a thermostat. Nope. Unless it was like under the bed. So what happened was everybody was making fun of me because my room was so crappy. I guess people just think I stay at the Four Seasons. You're out of your mind. <laughs> I'm not wasting my – if I go like on a, a vacation or something, I'll stay in a, in a nicer place. And I'm also not stupid enough to know that people know I make good living now. But when you grow up in Mount Pine, Mount Pine never really leaves you. Yeah. And I know that eventually I could be out of a job like that. And again, I need money saved up. So I was just staying in a crappy hotel room because – you, you know, keep it real. And so you see this really crappy room because I just took my Snapchat out and started filming it. And it's like old, like clanky chains, the only thing holding the door together. And you hear her yelling, Bobby, outside my door. And I wasn't even mad. I was just like, man, there's some really passionate people up here. Those North Dakota people were so funny and so nice. They kept thanking me over and over again for coming. And I was like, why are you thanking me so much? Are you going to do something with me at the end of the night that I don't know about? Like, it's just a trap. But yeah, I guess people just don't go up there a lot. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get to. It was. I mean, it was. <laughs> it was. It wasn't just like we just got a Southwest flight and flew in. First of all, Southwest didn't go there, and I fly Southwest ninety nine percent of the time. Partially because I, I like getting to choose your seat. I don't fly first class unless work is having to make me go somewhere super quickly. And if they're like, you got to get LA to New York, I'm like. Okay, I'll do that, but you're gonna have to fly me first class. So I, that's why I fly Southwest because I'm not paying extra. Money. I'm not. I'm not paying for a first class ticket. You're out of your mind. I'll sit and just save the three, four hundred bucks. And so, but in Southwest, I fly so much, I get a, a companion pass. So I get someone that flies with me for free that I would normally have to pay for. And so it's, again, saving money. Boom, we fly up there. They don't have Southwest. We had to fly Delta, and Delta's fine. It's fine. I don't want to bash any company. They were, it was a fine air. You know what? It was a pretty decent airline. And so, but we had to fly Delta into Minneapolis, then Minneapolis to Fargo, and then drive from Fargo to Bismarck. Three hours? Yeah. Three and a half hours? And so by the time we got to the venue, we spent all day traveling, and it was like hopping in a car, boom, change your clothes, boom, get on stage, go, and then people trying to break in the door afterward, trying to get in the hotel room. No, I knew they weren't trying to hurt me. It's just weird because I've had so many of the other people trying to hurt me that it triggers like this, like I'm like, it's almost like adrenaline starts to pump inside of you and you can't relax whenever, if someone walks up behind me and just is like, hey, it freaks me out because I've been attacked from the back before. Mm-hmm. I take it, you know, taking it from the back a few times, you understand? <laughs> I know those people in North Dakota are awesome. Our people, our listeners are, are are awesome. The only time that I ever get irritated at like a meet and greet or meeting is when someone wants to kiss me, uh, and it's just because I don't like germs. Like who? 
that's the only time I remember like, ooh, I don't like that. Like, you can't do that. No kissing. No, n- n- none of your face liquids, because I don't know if you have the flu. I'm already a germaphobe, even if I wasn't. I hug. I hug the crap out of you. I don't want any kid. Don't grab me and kiss me. <laughs> you ever seen me do that? I have seen it. Oh. And I, I'm gl- listen. I'm glad that people think that they have that I'm nice enough to kiss. But that's the only thing I don't like is the kissing. I don't know you, and I appreciate you listening to the show. But I don't want your spit all over in my mouth because they they like will kiss the side of my mouth and it'll hit like the corner of my mouth, and it like it's disgusting. We have to go. Um, all right. I think the music died. Hold on, let me start it over. All right. What episode is this? 47. Thank you for listening to episode 47. Who, do you have anybody banked up? We, we were talking about Sam Hunt. We don't know if that was going to exist now. We, Because yeah, they were like, true. Sam Hunt wants to come do it. And then Sam disappeared, and so we're not holding our breath for that one. What else? What, do, we have, do we have anybody lined up, or are we still on lock? Uh, we have Luke Laird coming in. We do? Yeah. That's the first I've heard. Yeah. Luke Laird is like Shane McAnally, like yeah. that top AAA list writer. I had no idea. Yeah, he's fine. That's a good one. Anybody else we want to mention? Or are we still... Ross Copperman is coming in next Ross week. Copperman? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. How about Ross Copperman writes it? Those are two really, really prominent songwriters. A lot of songs. Millionaires. Yeah. Oh, these guys are... They write all the songs you hear on the radio. And sometimes they write them with the artists, sometimes without them. But they write all the songs you hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. All right, we're going to go. Have a great day, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to the Bobbycast. Hope you learned a little bit. Hope you... Um, Uh, Find this entertaining and share it with your friends. Goodbye!